We are in Doctrine and Covenants section 88, and this is a daunting section. We're going to do verses 1 through 41 today. And that was a natural break for me as I was studying. But the very first thing that I love, and I have said this before, is the miracles that happen when we are unified in prayer. When we unite in a cause like COVID and pray for miracles, the things that happen. And so here these 10 men united their voices in prayer, petitioning the Lord, what next? And I love this. And so the very first thing that I really loved in these verses was in 3 and 4. And it says, Wherefore I now send upon you another comforter. Okay, that is not the Holy Ghost. That is the first comforter we receive. And it goes on, This comforter is the promise which I give unto you of eternal life, even the glory of the celestial kingdom. That is having your calling and election made sure. That is the ability to be in Christ's presence and to have him visit you. In the handbook, it says the prophet Joseph Smith explained there are two comforters. One is the Holy Ghost. That is the first comforter. Um, that expands our minds and enlightens our understanding. Second is the other comforter, which is... Um, Let's see, if you continue after the first comforter to humble yourself before God and hunger and thirst for righteousness and live by every word of God, thou shalt be exalted when the Lord has thoroughly proved you. Then that man will find his calling and election made sure. This is his privilege to receive the second comforter. It is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And I have listed by that in the handbook, people I know in the scriptures that have conversations with Christ. That means their calling and election is sure. They have proven themselves. And so I know that's possible that it could be our modern day prophets and apostles. But I have Moroni, Nephi, Moses, um, Jacob, Enoch talked about seeing Christ and conversing with him. Of course, the city of Enoch all had that. So um, that is the promise of eternal life, and it is the holy seal of promise. It's having our calling and election, so I love that. Okay, go down to verses 12 and 13, and it says, Which light proceedeth forth from the presence of God and fills the immensity of space. And I have written here because we talk about light and truth. And when we did the section on the priesthood, it said that's how our understanding that light came and gave us truth. It's all about the priesthood, that light. And so that is God's light. That's how the earth, the laws of the earth are governed. That's what keeps our planets in orbit. That's it's fills the immensity of space, which means his priesthood power, God's power, fills all of space. There is nowhere devoid of his power. And I think that's awesome. 13, the light which is in all things, which giveth light to all things, which is the law by which all things are governed, even the power of God who sitteth upon his throne who is in the bosom of eternity and in the midst of all things. And so I just love knowing that he fills everything. His light fills everything. His power fills everything. Go down to 15. 
and the spirit in the body are the soul of man. That was the next thing that really struck me is um, that we need both. And we have been taught in other revelations that in order to have a fullness of joy, that will not happen until the body and the spirit are reunited and resurrected. And so that is the definition of the soul, having the body and the spirit. It is not just the spirit. And so I loved that clarification. Okay, um, 22, he who is, it goes through and it talks about the laws that govern, that there is a celestial law that will govern, there is a terrestrial law that will govern the terrestrial kingdom, there is a telestial law that will govern the telestial kingdom. And then I love in 22, it says this, for he who is not able to abide the law, abide the law of the celestial kingdom cannot abide celestial glory. And then it goes on in 23. He who cannot abide the law of the terrestrial kingdom cannot abide terrestrial glory. And then down to he who cannot abide celestial kingdom cannot abide celestial glory. And what I have there is even, we have heard this before, even the lowest kingdom is better than anything we can imagine here. And I just, as I read that, that's what it brought to mind. And I love that, that every single kingdom is something better than we can even imagine. God delights to honor and bless us and he wants us happy. But we get to pick where we end up. None of us are going to be disappointed. And I just love that so much. And one of the thoughts that hit me, and I'll see if it, we come up on upon it as we read this um is it says that they will not be sad in the kingdom they they don't want the higher kingdom and it reminded me of Laman and Lemuel as Lehi was looking and beckoning to the tree and Nephi and Sam and Sariah came they wanted to come where their father was and partake and what had struck me was Laman and Lemuel didn't. They did not want that. They never partook of the fruit. So hard as that is for us to comprehend, no one's going to be living in a lower kingdom wishing they had the higher. They are going to be where they're happy. And as we just said, it's going to be better than anything we can imagine. Now, I can tell you I will not be happy <laughs> if I don't end up getting to be with Nephi, Moroni, Joseph Smith, people that I've read about my entire life, which means there's going to be refining and trial and error that I have to go through to be able to be qualified to be there. But that is my desire. Now, if I should have kids who don't choose that, just as Lehi had that visual of Laman and Lemuel not wanting, is that going to make my heart sad? Yes, it is. But the interesting thing is they're not sad. I might be sad, but it also says in one of the other sections that we'll get to that we might be able to go down and talk with them and visit. They'll never be able to come up, but we might be able to go down. So that's just a post note on that. Okay, I love in 25 that it says, and again, verily I say to you, the earth abideth the law of the celestial kingdom, for it filleth the measure of its cre creation and transgresseth, transgresseth not the law. And I love that in the scripture that came to mind is even the very dust of the earth, we are less than the dust of the earth because even the very dust of the earth doth obey God. The earth does not transgress. 
and the earth will be cleansed and celestialized and it will become the celestial kingdom. And it just makes me love the earth, <laughs> love that it is filling its measure of creation. It will not be destroyed. It will be celestialized and it will become the celestial kingdom. And I really, really love that. Okay. Um, it talks a lot in these verses, right, in 26, wherefore it shall be sanctified. And it says that a lot about us, about the earth, about different things. And sanctified is when we are celestialized through Christ. He is the power that makes us clean, that wipes away all sin. If we call on him, call on his name and repent. And so the earth even is sanctified by recognizing he is God and Lord of all. So I love that. Um, one of the things that it talks about in 28 that really struck me is it said, they who are of the celestial spirit shall receive the same body, which was a natural body. Even ye shall receive your body and your glory shall be the glory by which your bodies were quickened. And it talked a lot about this of being quickened. 29, ye who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall then receive of the same, even a fullness. And what it said in the handbook when it talked about being quickened, it's Joseph F. Smith. And it said, they will no longer be quickened by blood, but quickened by spirit, which is eternal. And they shall become immortal and immortal and never die. The body will be res resurrected to a glory equal to the level of the law they lived. The person who keeps the commandment receives truth and light until he is glorified. There will be a marked change in their appearance. And I remember hearing a seminary teacher say, if you're wondering what kingdom you get, look down. You'll know by your brightness, the light that infuses you. And we know that's the priesthood power. And so... By our sanctification and our desires, we will become as light as what we have worked to become. The sun, which is celestial, the moon, terrestrial, the stars, celestial. And I love that. Okay, um, 32 is the next one I have. For what doth it profit a man if a gift is bestowed on him and he receives not the gift? And that, again, is this. Um, Laman and Lemuel did not want it. Those who want it and are willing, it is our choice, will get it. Um, and that's where I have this. We may be sad, they won't. So I love that. The gift is given. We get to choose whether we want it or not. All kingdoms have a law given, verse 36, 37. And there are many kingdoms, for there is no space in which there is not a kingdom. 38, unto every law there are certain bounds and conditions. 39, all beings who abide not these conditions are not justified. And then I love verse 40. Well, I wanted to go to 130, section 130, verse 21. And when we obtain any blessing from God, it is by obedience to the law upon which it is predicated. And so from the very, very get-go, and I love that it doesn't say from the beginning, in the beginning it does say that in Genesis, but I love that it says from the foundation of the earth, like the creation of the earth, because we know there was no beginning and there is no end. It's one circle of time, and so I love that. Verse 40, for intelligence cleaveth to intelligence, wisdom receiveth wisdom, truth embraceth truth, virtue loveth virtue, light cleaveth to light, mercy has compassion on mercy, and claimeth her own, justice continueth its course, and claimeth its own, judgment goeth before the face of him that sitteth upon the throne, and governeth and executeth all things." 
And the reason I love that is um, just recently in the temple, a woman came and she was very emotional as I was helping her. And she said, the man at the recommend desk just said to me, welcome home. And she said, isn't that beautiful? But that's what it feels like. And if that is where you long to be and feel comfortable, that is home. And that's where we will be. And I so hope that's where I am. Um, I think for those who have no desire, that would be torture for them. And much as that's hard for many of us to comprehend, the awesome thing is we really get to choose where we're happy. And God is a God who wants us to be happy. He gives us the rules and the guidelines and the laws that will lead to ultimate happiness that he knows that he has experienced. But he also allows us to choose for ourselves where we are happy. And for some, hard as it is to believe, it will not be there. Okay, um, 41 just echoes back to verse 6, and it says, He comprehendeth all things, and all things are before him, and all things are round about him. He is above all things, in all things, through all things, round about all things, and all things are by him and of him, even God forever and ever. And then I want to go back to verse 6. He that ascended up on high, as also he descended below all things, in that he comprehendeth all things, that he might be in all things, through all things, the light of truth. And I love that it says light and truth, and you could use those interchangeably. God is a God of truth and cannot lie. And what a gift it is that we can know he is the perfect judge because he understands and knows everything. Um, once I taught a seminary lesson and the big aha to me was to walk out and have the kids come up with this truth. Our job is to love. God's job, job is to judge. We just have to work on loving as he does and we can leave everything else to him. And what a gift that is, what peace that brings. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.